go ahead and have the prayer? Okay. Let us bow. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful unto Thee for this beautiful day, and we're thankful at the close of this day we can come together as a congregation of Thy people, uh, asking Thy forgiveness for our past sins, and we ask that You bless us as we continue our lives here on this earth. Father, we're thankful for each one who has gathered here tonight, and we ask you to bless each one, uh, bless each one from having partaken of this uh, worship service. Father, the, our country would ask you to bless it. Uh, we pray that as we turn the corner, we go back toward thee, we ask you to bless it. Father, our missionaries on foreign fields, we'd ask you to be with them. Be with Brother, Brother Rick and his family as he labors here with us from week to week. Our military men and women, Father, we'd ask you to be with them as uh, they're away from their families, and we ask you to, to bless them and return them unto their families when these wars are over. Father, our sick that Brother Ron mentioned a few minutes ago, Brother Wyman Brown, we'd ask you to be with him and all these other ones who are in need of our prayers. Uh, Father, we're uh, mindful of the death of Virginia Shaw, and we'd ask you to bless that family. Uh, it's a grievous time when we lose our, our loved ones. We ask you now to go through the further exercise of this night. Forgive us our sins, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When we come together on Sunday evening to do this prayer service, I think we've done it a couple of times now. Uh, if you happen to see one of the lists that we hand out, I put these together. At the top it says second Sunday prayer list, prayer service. Well, this is the third Sunday. And we're doing it on the third Sunday because I forgot all about it on the second Sunday. And so uh, my apologies for that, but I think it is a, a wonderful thing for us to do and to participate with each other. And so uh, just, just by way to get us familiar with it again, let me kind of <clears throat> explain to you what we do. We, uh, of course, after we have our opening uh, worship activities and we finish with the devotional, <clears throat> one of the brothers will, will come up and read a passage. Just so happens Brother Matthew Brown is going to be the first one. So following the uh, uh, invitation song, Brother Matthew will come up and he will read his passage. There will be three passages read by three brothers. And then we will have a prayer for a certain uh, request on our behalf to God. And what I try to do is put together passages that speak to that request. For instance, our first prayer, Brother Tom Haithcock is going to have that for us. And, and we're going to be asking for God's comfort. We're going to be asking that His providence be upon uh, our sick and our grieving. We, we've kind of taken a hit here at White Oak, and, and we have some uh, uh, kind of some stormy weather ahead of us, not, not only with uh, losing our precious sister, but we have some other members whose health is uh, just not what we want it to be. And so we're, we need to go to God. And, and prayer is an avenue that we definitely never need to overlook. It is powerful. And uh, we are, many of us here today, because of prayer. And I'm a full believer in that. Following 
those three passages in a prayer. Brother Carl will lead us in a hymn. When he finishes with that hymn, we'll have three more passages and a prayer. Uh, addressing today, we're going to be uh, particularly addressing uh, God's mercy and, and forgiveness for us and His patience toward us in our lives. Then Brother Carl will have a song. And then following that second song, we'll have another three passages. We're going to have three sections to this service and that particular section, our final section, Brother uh, uh, Joe Weir will be uh, giving a prayer of thanksgiving to our Father for His loyalty, His mercy, and His faithfulness to us. And then we'll just continue on with the uh, normal exercise like we normally would. Brother Carr, of course, will, will take care of that from, from that point on, uh, uh, addressing the Lord's Supper and things of that nature. But this is what we're doing, and we're going to try to. Uh, I'm going to try to be more uh, dependable on the second Sunday of the month doing this. But if I would want to say, if you have a certain request, something that you would like us to address in our service, or, uh, something that we would like to offer up prayers and petitions to our Father, just let me know, and we'll be happy to do that. Okay, we'll be happy to do that. At any rate. If you would open your Bibles to First Peter, or excuse me, Second Peter, chapter one, we're going to notice a statement that uh, Peter makes. Let's notice verses twenty and twenty-one. Second Peter one twenty and twenty-one. Peter says, knowing this first that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. As with any statement that we take from the, uh, from the Bible, let, let's back up just a little bit and let's understand the context within which this statement is made. Peter is talking about the message that we have received from on high. And he goes all the way back to the Mount of Transfiguration. In verse 16 he says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. He's talking about the gospel being delivered to us, and he says, look, we're not following after fairy tales. We saw it with our very eyes, and he's talking about the transfiguration. Verse 17, For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well, that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Knowing this first, he says, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What exactly is he talking about? There's no private interpretation. There have been some misunderstandings about this over the years. And, and 
as we've been studying through the book of Romans, it can be easily the case that we read through something and we may not grasp it fully until we begin to break it down and look at other sections of the Bible and do some comparison. And I've had to do that a lot because at first reading, I miss a whole lot of stuff. And so I have to be diligent in going in and thinking, well, I don't think it can mean this, so it has to mean something. Well, there's a thought that we cannot just decide that the Bible is exactly a fact in a certain area. In other words, what I'm saying is someone might say, well, that's, that's what you think about it. Or that's what this person thinks about it. We can't come to a fact of the Bible because then you would be making a private interpretation and you can't tell someone that they're wrong. Or you can't teach that something is wrong because that's violating this Scripture. That's not at all what Peter's talking about. He's not talking about it. He's already previously in this chapter talked about that great message. He talked about the Christian graces, adding to your, your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and knowledge temperance and so on and so forth. And he's talking about one message. And he says that one message was given to us from the Savior. We're not following after fairy tales. We saw it with our own eyes. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. Well, He just had one message. But we have to be able to sit down and deliberate within ourselves and reason together and understand and we can come to a singular fact on any topic that has to do with our salvation. Now, are there matters of opinion and, and things that do not affect our salvation? Absolutely. Absolutely. But... When it comes to our salvation, there's only one correct answer. Right? And so, he is saying that the message wasn't privately interpreted by a man. The Holy Spirit gave it. And since the Holy Spirit gave it, we can certainly sit down and we can understand it. Notice Acts 18 verse 4. Talking about Paul and and his preaching throughout Corinth, it says in verse 4, And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Well, what did he persuade them? Did Did he persuade them that the Jewish religion will get you to heaven during the Christian age? What about those Greeks who were Gentiles that didn't practice a Jewish religion? Maybe they practiced a pagan religion outside of the synagogue. Did he say, okay, well that will get you to heaven? That's not what he's saying. He reasoned with them and he persuaded them of that one message. So we need to be able to sit down and to do that. Turn over to Acts 24 verse 25. Standing before Felix, Paul defending himself. Verse 25 says of chapter 24, And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Felix trembled at the message. He said, Go away. When I decide I want to call upon you, I'll call you back here. Paul didn't say, Okay, Felix, you're, you're, we're all getting to heaven. We're just going on different paths. That's not what Paul said. He didn't say, We can't come to a reasonable decision. He simply spoke the truth and then it was up to Felix whether or not he wanted to accept it. We must be able to 
interpret the Scripture. What Paul, Peter was talking about was the original message did not come or originate in the minds of men. The Holy Spirit guided them, chose every single word from their own personal vocabulary, and they wrote the inspired Scripture. And so we have to be able to sit down and to reason together. And we always want to keep in mind as we are reasoning through the Scripture, the plan of salvation is solid. It's been set in stone. It's cut and dried. The Lord made some statements. The the apostles followed up with that. Holy men of God wrote other sections of the Bible and they corroborated what those men taught. If we're going to be uh, get to heaven, we have to obey the gospel. There's just no way around it. We have to believe in Jesus as the Son of God. We all agree with that. John 8, 24. We have to repent of all our past sins. We have to turn to God uh, in, in desiring to be what He wants us to be. Acts 3, verse 19. We have to confess that Jesus is the Son of God, that we believe that He came out of the grave and that He uh, ascended back to heaven. We have to be able to do that, Romans 10, 10. And we see that happen in Acts 8, 37. And then we're immersed in water for the forgiveness of our sins. That's what the Lord said. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. But that's what Peter taught on the day of Pentecost. That's what Ananias taught Saul as he prayed for three days and three nights. Praying wasn't going to get uh, Saul to heaven. He was an alien sinner. He was not yet a member of the Lord's church, so he had to be immersed in water for the forgiveness of sins. And that's what Ananias told him. Rise and be baptized, washing away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And by the way, calling on the name of the Lord is showing obedience to Him and to His message. And then, of course, living faithfully. Because we can lose our salvation. That's what Paul told the Galatian brethren. Galatians 5 verse 4. He said, if you try to go back to the old law, you have fallen from grace. And so we don't want that. But sometimes we slip up and we mess up a little bit. Sometimes we, we stumble, we take our eyes off the goal, much like Peter did as he stepped out onto that water and then he began to notice the waves and the, the things of that nature and he began to sink. So he took his eyes off of Christ. We do that sometimes in this life because our lives at times become stormy. And how do we fix that? Well, we, we ask God to forgive us. We repent of those things. And that means we're going to stop doing them. That's not a crutch to say, well... If I do it, I'll just ask God to forgive me. That's not really how it works, is it? We have to put forth an effort, be steadfast in saying, I'm not going to do it. Does that mean we may not slip up a little bit? Well, we might, but those slips ought to get fewer and further between as we mature in the gospel. And once we, be, we become a mature Christian and we're working on living as Christ would have us to live, live our sins should become more of sins of the mind than anything else. We ought to be able to control ourselves as Christians. And so if you've, if you've messed up a little bit being a Christian and you need to come back to the Lord, do that tonight. Come forward if, if need be, if it's a, of a public nature, and ask God to forgive you. We'll pray with you and for you. If it's of a private nature, go to God alone. If you've never obeyed the gospel, don't leave here not in a covenant relationship. Having obeyed the message that Peter said was a validated message and not one that came from myth. If you need to answer this Lord's invitation, do that as we stand and as we sing.